Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Excited, Excited to talk to you guys. Thanks for inviting yeah. me along, by the way. Well, of course. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for being on. It is the GameDev.TV podcast. You should be on it, of course. I should come along from time to time. I should pull my finger out and actually get off the sofa and come visit you guys. Yeah, of course. Man. Answer some questions, you know, <laughs> give some tips, whatever you're feeling. Leave. <laughs> Disappear. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I told open. you I've got another three times I'm going to complain about the light. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this podcast? Are you what excited my, about it? What are my yeah. thoughts on it? So Not this episode, but the well. whole <laughs> first two minutes I think are a winner. <laughs> Ship it. That's right. <laughs> Wrap it. We're done. Yeah, this is the greatest podcast I've I've been in or listened to all day. (laughs) Top shelf. I love it. Oh, yeah. Episode number 30. So this is the big 3-0. We've made it to 30 episodes. Nice work. I know. Yeah, someone's crying. We made it to episode 30. (laughs) (laughs) Why is daddy never here? Why is he always recording podcasts? (laughs) It's my birthday today. Daddy. He's always gone. God. He's always doing that call with those weirdos. You love there. video games more than me. <laughs> <laughs> and your and your lighting and your green screen doesn't work. <laughs> I just want you to be a big guy. He doesn't have his headphones on yet. Oh, shh, shh. he's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Awesome. This is gonna be I'll just rewind it and listen to it. Oh, we're recording. No. <laughs> Yeah, nothing will happen. Yeah, cool. That's cool. Kids, I don't know what they're gonna do. What are your thoughts on the uh game there that TV podcast? Is this is this part of the proper podcast? Are we started? Are you am I on the record or are we just having a chat? We're on the record. You've been on the record for the last, I don't know. Top yeah, of the message. Since we started. Started. Yeah, you're always, we're watching you. You guys are always, it. aren't you? You're probably tapped into the US spy system. Like, no, it's consumer level now, Rick. You pay you, with your Netflix subscription. I can see everything you're doing. <laughs> it's in the disclaimer. Um, I think it's awesome. I, I love that you guys are out there. Episode 30, you're saying? That's really cool that you're, you know, giving it back to the community. You're flexing your muscles. And what I really like is just jumping in and starting. That's the important thing. So many people get there and say, oh, I don't know if I've got the right, you know, uh, thumbnail image. Oh, I don't know if my lighting's correct. I don't know what we're going to say. But the the number one way to do anything creative, you know, making games included, doing a podcast included, is just, let's just go for it. And then iterate, listen to the community, improve. So, yeah, hats off to you guys for just diving in and making it happen. Love it. Thank you. I think it's going to be great because people can learn a lot about like game design, game mechanics, game, game topics on their like drive or cleaning the house or cooking without having to watch one of the videos. And I think it will help also brand you guys and make like give more audience to you guys and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think as we, as we evolve and spend some more time on our own website uh, and, and build that up, we've got a lot more flexibility of how we communicate with people. 
um, you know, we can, we can let them know about the podcast more easily from the podcast. We can let them know about other things that we're up to. We can, if they want to be emailed when things are going on, we can tell them that. So it, it just makes life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> the sun. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, there's only one hour of the day where this happens. The rest of the time, just not a problem. Whose idea is oh podcast at 8 in the morning? You guys are making this hard for me. I got to edit it now and cut everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. Where were we? But yeah, it's going to be... Hey, you you guys are editing though, right? You're not just trying to get one take? No, no, no of course. Yeah, no. Okay. yeah, I spent hours. Sometimes uh, you can. Sometimes it's the, like 10, 20 minutes. It's fine. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, you messed yeah. that one up. Well, this this one's this conversation is going to be awesome, except for <laughs> there's going to be three or four more times where I walk away from the computer and I come back looking slightly darker or slightly lighter. Yeah, that's the way it works. <laughs> is there like a sun tanning bed in your your room? <laughs> <laughs> Does it look like there is? <laughs> if there is, it doesn't get much use. <laughs> Oh my God. I swapped you're, it out you're in for Sydney, right? Aren't you? Are you in Sydney? I'm in Queensland. Um, oh, okay. Up on the Sunshine Coast in a place called. But say, you should get plenty of sunshine, right? I do get tons of it, yeah. Which is the Eastern time in Australia, not New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had me confused. Eastern time? I'm like, oh, look at that. He knows where I live. Eastern time. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Which Eastern yeah. time? Yeah, they call it on. It's like, all relative. Yeah. So how did you get how did you get started with Game Dev TV? How do I get started with Game Dev TV? Uh, well, for a long time, I've been making online training programs, doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching. So for me, my evolution into online stuff was a lot of um, coaching folks, people who wanted to start their indie business, people who wanted to get a, a job in the games industry. And, um, and creating a YouTube channel where I was just kind of, you know, putting out a bit of love out to the community and making videos and trying to help people along their way. And then one of the folks who was watching my YouTube videos and was also a student of Ben's said, hey, you two guys have a lot in common. You should team up. And he said, and my ulterior motive is, can you please get more game design into your courses? Because game design is one of the pillars of what I do. He's like, I'd love to see rick be part of um you know the the next game dev tv course because i'd like to see his brand of game development um you know seep into what they do so that was uh, three three or four years ago now and so we yeah we teamed up on a couple of courses and it was cool and then we teamed up on more courses and then you know went over and visited ben in the uk to make sure he was legit and not a robot and uh, he's actually only you know 30 percent augmented so mostly around the, you know, if you know what I'm saying. Um, so I did oh verify God. that he is, he is at least majority human. And uh, it was at least he thinks he is. Yeah, he thinks he is. <laughs> More human than human. human. I love that one YouTube video where you're like, just, just do it. Just go into a game development and see what happens. And even if people say like, it's just dumb, don't do it. That one motivating video you put out. Not just one, my friend. Oh, yeah, there's many, but there's that one that was like... <laughs> that one motivating video. All the others I didn't really find very motivating. It was kind of like, man, nah, they're, they're okay, but, 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 that one... but there was one. There's one where I think, you know, in minute 
52, you said something that really resonated with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? This, I think everyone has a brand for themselves in life. Everyone has a little bit of a superpower, right? Bear with me. I haven't fleshed out this concept. It just popped into my head a couple of days ago. So okay, but I, I think it's, it's naturally the way it works. So you guys that we're, I'm talking to right now, you'll have some things that you think, this is what I'm good at. This is what I like to do. Here's a thing that this is my thing. I think everyone has that, that sort of superpower. And then a whole bunch of things that maybe they're not as good at or they haven't done yet. And my superpower, I think, is helping people just go for it. It's a, it's a can-do attitude. I'm a bit of a cheerleader. I'm the, let's look at what is possible here. Let's talk about the possibilities and let's just go for it. That's the thing that my whole life I've enjoyed doing saying to people, what, it is, what is it that you're up to? And then, well, oh, I'm kind of this and that. That sounds cool, man. Just give it a go. Go for it. Make a game. Like, go to game development school, whatever it might be. Do the thing that you're passionate about. So, you know, you're saying that one video where I was a little bit motivating, that's what I try to, <laughs> that's what I try to inject into everything I do, even the more formal technical training courses like a Unity training course. I'm trying to hammer home the whole way throughout uh, you know, now that you know how to do this, wow, you can do, now that you've learned how to do, for example, um, the player walks through a collision box and it triggers something, whew, that's like 90% of what video games is all about, mm -hmm. triggering something from a trigger box. You're, the world is your oyster now, you know, go forth and make something amazing. Because uh, there's so much in the world nowadays where people are saying, oh, it's so difficult, you have to be so amazing to succeed, it's so tough, you know, doom and gloom. And I think we need... Uh, folks out there who are doing a little bit of, no, I, I believe you can do it. Yeah. Just go after it. Just do what you want to do and see what happens. If you failed, learn about it yeah. and try it again. Exactly. Wrong with exactly. failing, right? Yep. So when did got, you decide you got, to you got me fired get... up now? You got me wrong. Oh yeah, let's go. Let's get that's right. Let's go make all the game. Way. <laughs> if I hit, if I get up to like seven minutes on an answer, just be like, you know, good. We're done with that one, Rick. <laughs> okay I, I, yeah got it but yeah when did you uh were you always into creating games and like motivating people yeah always into games so when i was a, a little tacker as we would say in australia which means a, a young kid i mm -hmm. think i was about seven you know how you ask kids what do you want to be when you grow up and i have this memory of being seven this is i'm gonna i'm gonna show how old i am i was playing one of those little handheld games like it was a, a little donkey kong one it was actually a, a DS before the DS it was an open screen. It was just the one game it was Donkey Kong. I sit in the car playing it over and over. What do you want to be on? And my answer was, I want to design and make electronic games. Because back in the day, they were called electronic games. There's a little handheld wow. thing. I'm like, that's what I want to do. That's my earliest memory of answering with any sort of, you know, sensibility. What do you want to do when you grow up? Because for me, I've always enjoyed play. I've always enjoyed the fun of let's set a target. Let's, um, let's play a game let's have some rules let's run around out outside and see who can kick the ball the furthest let's uh, you know throw rocks across the water let's go play a game of football let's play a board game let's play a video game and i've always really enjoyed that that camaraderie when you're playing something with someone else or that state of meditation you can get in yourself where you just turn something that might be you know, a regular daily activity, but you turn it into something fun and enjoyable because you put game parameters around it, setting yourself a goal, getting feedback, having a win condition. So I've always just loved doing that. And I think that brings joy to people. So that's my little, my little um, way of having joy in my life and trying to spread joy to others. 
And then when did you start like motivating people? Was that always or? So when you did all I start, had studios, right? When did I start motivating people? Well, um, out, after I finished high school, I went off to university. I was there for mm-hmm. seven years. I studied psychology. I have a master's degree in psychology. I got very passionate and excited about organizational psychology, which is psychology okay. in the workplace. And a lot of that is about how do we uh, have people love what they do with their job, with their career, have them be super productive, goals, feedback, all that kind of... I was always really interested in that, not just psychology from the sake of, you know, how do we trick people into doing something or how do we solve their problems because they're having a tough time in life. There's lots of different valid types of psychology, which are very interesting. But for me, it was how do we have people with their career be motivated, excited, productive. And so uh, that was for, that was my formal um, introduction into, I guess, motivating people. Although it was really, I, I didn't really realize motivating people was a thing. It was more, um, how do you help people get what they want in their life? That was, that was the frame that I had at the time. But like I was saying um, before to you guys, I've always seen myself as a, as a can-do, as a cheerleader, as a, what do you want to do? Well, let's go do it. So I guess I've always liked that, that process of encouraging people, motivating people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Nice. What was one of your favorite courses to make? Ah, favorite courses to make. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed making the Unity courses, particularly the Unity 2D course, because that was mostly me just kind of pumping that out, um, putting my own flair to it um, based upon what people in the community wanted. And the reason I liked working on the Unity course is a lot of my game development career, I've been a producer or a designer. And the producer designer, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theory, there's a lot of conversation, there's a lot of planning, there's a lot of um, ideas. And there's also a lot of reliance upon other people to say, you know, hey, team of 20 amazing programmers, what we would like to do is have, you know, the player do X, Y, Z, can we make it happen? And so it's a little bit of, you know, the ideas guy passing on to the doers. And I think it's, I really enjoy being the doer as well. So it's only been later in my career that I've been um, getting my hands dirty as being the doer and then teaching being the doer. So throughout the whole teaching people how to use Unity and how to learn C Sharp, I've become a lot more in touch with my own, well, this is how I make it. And just getting that joy of creation, the joy of being the craftsman, you know, mm-hmm. you know what would be really cool is to have the player explode. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Beep, pop, pop, pop. That's how you program mm-hmm. nowadays. Beep, pop, pop. And then, wow, now he explodes. I did that. And that was lacking, I think, in my earlier career because I was allowed to tune things, but I wasn't allowed to create things. Uh, missing that flair. Yeah. yeah. What, what about you guys? What's your, what's your favorite topic at the moment what do you love learning about right at the moment mine is a uh, game design anything has to do with game design and then right now i'm like stuck into uh the c plus plus and unreal and just learning how to build stuff in unreal mm. yeah yeah i'm probably just more on the programming side just in general um kind of, kind of like where i started was just to learn to program so just the mechanics of mostly unity a little bit on the C plus plus side to the Unity course or the Unreal course too, but yeah, my skills are probably better in Unity than they are in C plus plus. Yeah, gotcha. 
I got lost in the Unity uh, 3D game kit course last month, and I made this amazing like world with like snow and then dungeons and grassland. I was just designing different things and trying to get this cool little level moment. It's so cool, isn't it? I love, particularly for folks who who either aren't comfortable with programming or get down the rabbit hole with programming, which often for me, I do that. I, I don't know about you, Ryan, but that's mm-hmm. for me. I, I'm often like, oh, here's the thing. Oh, but that leads to that thing. Oh, but how do I do that? Oh, but how do I do this? And, and you know, three days have gone past and you're like, oh, I didn't actually, you know, do the thing I was trying to do. But with, um, with the game kit, I love that you can just get in there and be like, you know, hook, crunch, boom. Wow, now when I run through this trigger volume, the lift goes up, three guys run at me. That's great. Like it's, it's creation mm-hmm. in a more streamlined yeah. way. I really, I, I think it's clever what they've done with that. Yeah, it's yeah, nice to get it. kind of instant results. Yeah. Instead of uh, being in your head on problems that you run across. That's the biggest thing. Especially, yeah. I think, when you're learning even Unreal or Unity, it's learning all of their syntax and their, mm. their API into their engine. That's the real thing. It's like you can learn C++ all you want or C Sharp, but you still got to learn their system. Totally. I've been, uh, just recently, I've been teaching a course on um, cinematics in Unreal. Because I think Unreal, part of its joy, part of its strength is that you can do make beautiful things happen. Um, both Unity yeah. and Unreal have a good uh, timeline system or timeline in Unity and sequencer in Unreal. So you can make these um, non-interactive cutscenes. So you run into a trigger volume and then you have a little movie play in, in both of them. And they do it pretty well. The, the one yeah. thing that stands out for me in Unreal is just just how easy it is using Blueprint to create a, a quick little game. It just you can, you can figure out one or two simple rules and make Blueprints to just... You can make games so quickly in Unreal now. It's incredible. Yeah. Just with a couple of simple principles. Yeah, the blueprints are awesome. I love the blueprints. Uh, you know, some people get kind of hung up that it's not pure C++, but it's just like, man, you can do so much. And if you're learning, blueprints are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I love how the game kit it makes it so easy to create whatever you really like envision. And in, especially if you're a beginner, it's like, hey, I can do this. Wow, and now I want to learn how to do that through programming. Or how can I build that in Blender? Or how can I do all this stuff? It just helps you get started and shows you all the amazing things you can get into. Yeah, and both of them, I think, um, like if you compare programming with using a visual scripting language, I think it, there's a lot of purists out there who say, well, don't, don't do blueprints. Don't learn, don't start your learning journey with um, blueprints because then you're not learning good practices. You're not actually learning programming. But I think there's a lot of people out there, and this was me for a long time, that look at programming and say, that is a very big mountain that I'm not prepared to climb at the moment. And just getting to the point where you can write a couple of lines of code that do something fairly basic feels daunting and can take a lot of time. But in blueprints, you can get there and say, okay, here's, I understand the concept of this is an event. It's a thing that happens, drag the line, and then here's the result. Okay, mm-hmm. conceptually, I know how boxes and lines work. That's cool. And I did a thing. So you get that, that rush of, I did a thing very quickly, but conceptually you've, you're learning how variables and functions and events and um, something that happens when you start the game, something that happens on each frame, like you're learning those things, maybe without the right, you know, programming syntax and language. But I think 
anything at all you learn that is, is programming related strengthens you when you come to the next thing because you've already got that foundation. So I think Blueprints is an amazing way to start. Not necessarily the, the academically the best of the best, but if anyone has fears of programming, it's, it's a great way to yeah. undo those fears. Yeah. Well, we were talking to Jordan last week and he had a good point. I mean, he prototyped his stuff in the Blueprints. And then he learned how to code them back into C++, yep. which is another great tool. Because if you can do it in Blueprints, you can do it in C++, obviously. Yeah. And you kind of get those, the naming conventions, right? All those names are going to carry over into the C++ side. So you can learn how to wire it up there and then port it. Mm -hmm. Totally. What skills do you believe game designers should have or should work on? Yeah, skills to work on. Um, having, having a problem solving. I mean, this is one of the classics. What is a game designer? A game designer is a problem solver. A lot of people think a game designer is an idea person, but ideas are, you know, there's a million ideas out there. Ideas are, are not, not necessarily easy, but ideas aren't the, aren't the 95% of what you do as a game designer. You're solving problems and it might be, okay, the problem I've got is that I want the player to, um, be more interesting when he shoots like that's the problem at the moment shooting's not fun how do we make shooting fun compelling interesting that's the problem how do we solve that hmm, well maybe it's to do with the gun maybe it's to do with the recoil maybe it's to do with the explosion perhaps it's to do with um, ammunition is scarce so it makes it more precious each time you shoot so i think that is being able to articulate as a game designer the skill of articulating the problem and then the creativity of coming up with solutions that could fit within the constraints of your project. Um, and obviously there's other skills in terms of being a good communicator. If you're working with other people on a team, you need to be able to um, engage them in your idea and not just say, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we have our open world with a, a million different quests? That'd be great. Like that's, <laughs> there's nothing engaging about that conversation. The, if you're working with a team, they're gonna say, that's just, oh, we can't do that. You know, crazy idea. So it's having the insight to say, okay, I'm about to have a conversation with a programmer. What's the programmer worried about? What's the programmer interested in? And starting often starting with a question rather than starting with a demand. You know, what what is possible? What do you think think is possible? Or what are our constraints? Or what? How long would it take to do this? Or which is stronger? You think out of this or that? Um, so communication, um, identifying what the problem is, and being good at solving problems someone have to go to school to become a game designer? Uh, no. You don't have to go to school to do anything nowadays. The world has changed. And, you know, <laughs> as we're, we're having a game dev TV type conversation, so there's a little bit of that wrapped up in this. But back in my day, back when I was a young lad, you, 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 can't, you had to go to school. I went, like I said before in our conversation, I went to university for seven years because that's how you learn stuff. But the reality is because I was studying psychology, I learned a lot of great stuff, a lot of great um, theory. You know, I was reading a lot of books and journals, like that was how you learned. But as my, I guess my psychological career or my career in general of being a motivator or um, game design, as time's gone on, I learned just as much by reading books, watching videos and just doing as I did when I went and had formal education. Now, I also, when I, when I changed careers, when I was 30, I had a, a cool career, 
um, doing a whole bunch of consumer research. I'm like, oh, I'm off to make games now because that's what I've always wanted to do. So I switched career and I went for a year of schooling to learn to be a game designer. And that for me was the quickest way to get the knowledge. So did I have to go to a game design school? I didn't, but did it speed up my journey? It absolutely did. So schooling is great. Schooling gives you structure. Schooling makes sure that you're not sitting at your computer just like, I don't know, playing Fortnite all day long. Because if you do, then you fail. So schooling is amazing for so many good reasons. I've been to schools. I've taught at schools. Love it. But you don't have to do that. There's alternatives out there. You can learn yourself. If you have discipline, self-discipline, you can, you can learn. Like the internet is a hive of stuff to learn from nowadays. So there's so many mm -hmm. things you can do without without going to, to a game design school. And honestly, the best way to be a game designer is to play games and write down what you find about them. Like analyze games when you play them. Don't just play them for fun, analyze them and then go and design things. That's what you do. How do you become a great carpenter? You get out your saw and your chisel and you do carpentry. How do you become a great mm -hmm. designer? You design. Awesome. Yeah. So what are you looking for in a game when you're playing a new game then? Uh, interesting. What am I looking for in a game? I like a game that I can immediately be engaged. Nowadays, mm -hmm. maybe it's just I'm old. I've got kids. I've got stuff to do. I'm busy. If a game, if the ramp up, if the onboarding is too slow, I'm like, ah, I don't, ain't nobody got time for this, man. <laughs> so I want to, I want the game to treat me as a gamer, not as someone's grandmother. I don't know. Have you guys played games where it's like, to move your character, use WASD, yeah. look around with the mouse. It's like, yes, everyone has known this forever. No one playing your game mm -hmm. is like, you know, how does the, hello mouse, what do you, like everyone yeah, knows right. how to play yeah. your game. So drop me straight into the game with like, oh crap, here's guys to attack and shoot and kill or, you know, here's the puzzle to solve or here's the whatever. Just let me know, point me in the right direction and let me figure it out. So what I'm looking for in a game is a game that treats me like I'm smart. That's the main thing. And also I, I really like just playing cooperatively with, with a friend or with my brother. Uh, that's a way for me to connect with other folks. So I like that sort of thing. I, I'm not as interested in competitive, like you, know, you and me, I'm the best. It's more, let's you and me take on a quest in the world. So you know, mm -hmm. personally, that's, that's what I like personally at the moment. Yeah. So in the uh, get a job course, you talk about artifacts. How would somebody create artifacts for games then? Mm. So the key, without giving away all of the secrets of the course, um, the key to creating something to have you stand out is to go and analyze or understand what an employer is looking for in a candidate. So let's take an example of Blizzard. Um, and just a side note, if you haven't worked in the games industry before, your first job won't be at Blizzard. So make sure you yeah. go and get some experience somewhere else. Blizzard's like, you know, you need to have shipped a game before you come work for us. And I see a lot of folks saying, I'm going to go work for Blizzard because I really like playing uh, Diablo or I'm really into Hearthstone. It's like, doesn't work that way. You've got to go and get some amazing knowledge. So anyway, that, that aside, um, okay. for, for Blizzard, you might say I'm really into collectible card games. How do I show them that I would be amazing? You go and design an extra feature for, um, for 
Hearthstone that says, sorry, I just saw your note about don't make wow. Yes. I've gone ahead and made a game very similar to World of Warcraft in my spare time on my weekends. Hope you like it. Um, but World of Warcraft's a great example, really good example. You might want to be a, say you want to be a character artist, go make a character that fits within the World of Warcraft world. That, that you look at, analyze their characters, their art style, their approach, and you, you go on, whether you're a 2D, you, you know, draw it up, or whether you're a 3D and you model it and texture it, like, here it is. And you show that to Blizzard and like, I think this character would be able to drop straight into your world. Blizzard's going to look at it. And if they look at it and say, we could ship this in our game tomorrow, then you've got a good chance of getting the job. If they look at it and say, whoa, that's no good, you're not going to get the job for sure. Mm-hmm. If you turn up without the thing, they're going to be like, I don't know, show us what you've got. Here's your portfolio of, I don't know, mangas that you've drawn or, you know, puppies that you've modeled. And they're like, that doesn't quite fit with World of Warcraft. So we don't see it. So your question was about game design. You do the same thing. You, you create a feature, whether it's the documentation of a feature. Uh, and if you are doing documentation as an artifact, then you need to do a lot of visuals in there because people don't have time to read through and, you know, page 17, they find the logic of how it all glues together. Lots of visuals, lots of diagrams, lots of charts and graphs and, and gameplay scenes, um, you know, arrows and stuff of something that this could fit within your game. So, and then if you've got some technical execution skills, which is good for designers to have nowadays, then you go and, mm. you go and create a little feature in Unity or Unreal and you don't worry about all the, all the pretties of it. You don't worry about all the other features. You just say, this is a, a feature that I'm creating that just gives the player a little bit of extra feedback when they're damaged, for example. Uh, and you can prototype or mock up something that would be, you know, here's what I mean by this game feature. And then it's all about being able to communicate your reasoning for it, your thinking behind it. Not necessarily, they're not going to take them and be like, let's put this in, in World of Warcraft tomorrow. Or, you know, wow, that's a great idea for a new mechanic for Hearthstone. We'll put that in right now. They're not going to do that. But they want to see that you can think through the problem and prove it with some, you know, I made a thing. So any, any wrap up stuff or any last questions? Oh, yeah. A few words like, what do you think about AR and VR and how it will change the game design? AR and VR, well, I'm really biased on this because I get dizzy really quickly. So I, I love VR. I love the concept of it. I love putting the thing, wow, this is amazing. But as soon as something makes me go like that and then like that. So if anyone listening, I'm turning left and right. Um, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this off and put this down because I'm going to vomit. Well, it's not quite as extreme as that. But uh, let's just say I don't do too well at Disneyland. Uh, so for me, I'm I'm a bit indifferent to VR games. And I think there's going to be a lot of people out there like that. So uh, I don't think it's going to be quite niche because it's bigger than niche. But I personally, my prediction for the last few years on VR is it's going to be uh, have a place, but it's not going to take over. It's not, that, it's not going to be every console in the future is using VR. You know, every game is played in VR by any stretch. I think it's going to be a... 10% of games kind of thing as opposed to it's going to be huge. I do like all of the workplace stuff. I, I'm excited by that. So this is not a game thing, but I like being able to put on my goggles and then have, you know, look around in my own room. The wall on the left has my email client. The wall in front of me has, you know, a, a video I'm, I'm watching over to the right. I have the three people that I'm working with sitting in their room. So 
I, I like that idea. I think that that could be great. And I think games that draw upon maybe merging productivity with games, I think could be cool. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I think if you're in, if it's your thing, wow, so many great opportunities. You know, mm -hmm. there's really a lot of hungry people for great VR content. So there's tons of opportunities to create, but I don't, it's not going to, it's not going to destroy all the other aspects of game development or games. I think they're, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of many as opposed to the one. Mm -hmm. What about AR, like games like Minecraft Earth, where you can like build stuff throughout the whole world? Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. And again, there's, there's, you know, Ben's son is really into it. Like he's, he's got the headset on, he loves it, he's crawling around. Oh, no, but augmented reality, AR. Oh, AR. Oh, so, like Pokemon Go, like Minecraft Earth, yep. like all so of these. Yeah. yeah um, it needs to move from from gimmick to to great, and I, I yeah. haven't I haven't personally experienced great just yet because I personally have the power to um, look at a screen and and draw the experience or visualize what I want to visualize out of that and to say well. Mm -hmm let's pretend that you're playing on top of your table. I'm like, does it make the game better? Not really. Like, it, not yet. Not yet. At some point it might. So if the game becomes a combination of, you know, physical, I need to be moving my stuff out of the way and someone else is doing whatever. It's, you know, once it moves beyond just novelty into a better experience that is when i think it'll really take off and until then it's just people people will find it novel one time and then they won't want to do it anymore until it's better than the alternative okay. what are your thoughts on the future of game design uh, okay terrible answer my thoughts are it's going to be more of the same mm -hmm. it's going to be people searching for interesting innovation for great experiences um, for new new techniques new problems to solve but i don't i don't think it's i don't yet see a, a massive revolution so if you look at a lot of other industries um, for example anywhere anything that could be automated you know the the latest thing is you look at the list of of jobs that won't exist in the future for example um lawyers soon uh, and doctors soon you'll you know you'll take a blood test it'll go into the computer it'll go through three million databases it'll come back and it'll say here's the likelihood of what's going on at the moment drawn upon the experience of all the different doctors around the world who have done this before so there's some industries where that's very clear that's happening i think in, in our field, in game development, there are a lot more tools. There is a lot more automation. There's a lot less, you know, you have to craft everything from scratch. You can get asset packs. You can use tools. You can use engines. So there is an evolution. I think there's always going to be a role for the person who's saying, but we need a new problem to solve. And how do we solve that problem? I think in the next, you know, five to 10 years, there's still going to be the need for game designers to be, to be innovating within the constraints that the technology is giving us. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I like it. Well, so we're at the end. Um, we started recently doing is like, we want to give our guests or you a chance to give a community a challenge. 
And we could do this one on game design. So what would your challenge be for all the game dev.tv students? Hmm. Challenge. Um, I don't know. That's a good one. Can you give me an example of a, of like a challenge that someone's done so far that's been a really good one? So Matt Tovar, he did one challenge where it was like, do make your own animation, but start with the paper one. So it's like, you know, the ball bounce. He was like, try to make the ball bounce. So something simple like that, make that. Jordan was like, go meet, go write to someone that you don't think will talk back to you and just, just go out there and like write to like five or 10 of them. And then that's your challenge. So let's like those two challenges. Yeah. Well, my challenge then for someone to be like, okay, I, I can do this design thing. Take a game that you love and make it better. Make it better by designing mm -hmm. an extra feature or by improving one aspect of it that says, this is how I would make this even better. Beautiful. Okay. And then, you know, write, write that up in a, in a one page and then share it with the community as well. I think that's a good way to do it. Yeah. You know, hey, I've yeah. been playing such and such. I really like it. Here's how I would make it better. You know, diagram, couple of words. Boom. It needs a, mm -hmm. a one of these. Yeah, post on the forum, we'll share it. Post on the Facebook page, we'll get it out there and everybody will see it, we'll get people to comment on it. Yeah. Post it on Steam. <laughs> get 100,000 people giving you feedback on your idea. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's why Fortnite, can, so don't say this is why a thing sucks. Never do Here's yeah, don't why do that. Fortnite better. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think we've all done it though, right? We've all gone on forums and be like, well, if they made yeah. this minor change, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome having you on episode number 30. Yeah. Thanks, was, you guys. Uh, thanks for having great. me. And thanks for allowing me to express all my thoughts. I've loved yeah. talking to you guys about all these topics. Awesome. Well, we're going to hand the mic to you to end it off. And you can leave out a shout-out, tip, inspiration, promotion, anything you want to do to the game dev.tv students. Okay, so my, my tip, my inspiration, my final words, I think is really simple. Just don't give up. And if you have something that is really important to you, if you have a dream, then do that dream. Don't waste your time doing all the other stuff. You know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, then stop it and do what you want to do. Follow your dream, follow your passion. And hopefully you can come hang out with us on our courses and we can give you the tools to follow your dream. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all GameDev.TV courses at courses.gamedev.tv courses or in the show notes with a 10% discount. Get started with your game development journey today.